Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 444th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is Xander Shoffley winning the gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics. Despite an up-and-down final few holes where he hit some seriously dangerous drives, uh, nearly out of bounds, Uh, But then he recovered nicely with this chipping and putting, and this was all in the final couple holes, Uh, so it was really up and down, Uh, no pun intended, but he got the job done, and uh, terrific for Xander Shoffley. He's had an interesting career. He's always seems to be in the mix, but uh, hasn't always closed the deal, especially with a 54-hold lead, which he had. After uh, everything on Friday, Saturday, tough to keep it straight over in Tokyo. Uh, But then he closed it out in the final round. And uh, over Rory Sabatini, uh, representing, I believe, Slovakia, who was the silver medal winner. And uh, Hideki Matsuyama from Japan, who won the Masters, was in the mix, but just simply could not. Uh, could not get his putter going on the final few holes. And he uh, finished out of the medal chase. And a bit of a disappointment for him and for the entire country of Japan because he is a hometown hero. Uh, And they certainly uh, were rooting heavily for him. But it was a beautiful-looking course. Uh, Great to watch some Olympics golf, to say the least. And Xander Shoffley has a great backstory. His father is from Germany and was a decathlete. Uh, but he was hurt in a car crash, and that ended those dreams. But he got to see his dreams fulfilled through his son winning a gold medal. And his mother apparently was raised for a period of time in Tokyo itself. And uh, so just a great backstory and just a great uh great week for Xander Shoffley and it wasn't a major but for him it was big and propels him uh, right into the conversation and perhaps he'll use this as a springboard to uh, you know to set up for some majors next year should be interesting to watch again he is uh, really one of the more consistent players on the tour and uh, big things are predicted for him And uh, maybe the breakthrough for him will turn out to be winning the gold medal. Uh, Pretty cool thing. It's not a major, but it's a pretty cool thing if you're a golfer, to say the least. Well, my low light of the week is the U.S. women's soccer team losing one to nothing to Canada on a penalty kick uh, at around the 75th minute. And so... They will not win the gold, just that simple. And, uh, you know, they've had quite a run, to put it mildly, not to suggest that it's over, but a uh, big disappointment. They were heavy favorites, as they are pretty much for any competition that they're in. And uh, it was a bit of a shock to uh, to see that result, quite frankly. And uh, 
we'll see what develops with uh, you know with the U.S. women's national team going forward. But again, just uh, really quite a surprise. Uh, I think they had owned Canada. Canada hadn't beaten them in forever. And uh, they got it done, and, and there was concern. Everybody agreed Canada was a very good team, certainly capable of the upset. And that's exactly what they did. They closed the deal. And, uh, and the U.S., again, will not come home with the gold this year. My bizarre story of the week is the 13-hour time difference between here and the East Coast and Tokyo. It makes it nearly impossible to watch the Olympics without knowing the result. You know, there's just too many ways to find out, you know, whether it's news flashes on my news feed, coming across my phone, uh, seeing it on TV, whatever. It's, uh, you know, it it, kind of takes the, uh, the excitement away to a degree. Uh, that's not to in any way, you know, indict Tokyo and Japan who are just doing a great job getting these Olympics put on, uh, given COVID concerns, no fans in the stands. I think it's coming across as, as just about as good as it can. Uh, a new Olympic hero for America that has emerged would be, uh, the swimmer, Caleb Dressel. Uh, between watching his family react to his five gold medals, I believe. Uh, that's Michael Phelps' territory there. Uh, and Katie Ledecky, too, uh, who's also having a, a good Olympics. Uh, but very likable guy. I saw him interviewed last night by Mike Tirico and just really thought, uh, you, you know, he's uh, just, again, very likable guy and uh, and doing just a great job uh, in all the swimming events that he's been taking place in. Simone Biles, obviously a huge focus of these Olympics, announced that she is apparently going to participate in the final individual meet in gymnastics, which I believe is the vault. And uh, so that'll be a must-see TV, no doubt about that. And moving away from the Olympics and some of the other uh, sports going on, Red Sox were swept down in Tampa Bay over the weekend, so they lost their grip on first place uh, to the equally talented Tampa Bay Rays up here in Boston. People were not happy with their uh, quiet approach to the trade deadline that ended last Friday, basically Kyle Schwarber was the one and only prize or name rec- name guy that we all recognize. Uh, well, uh, across the league, especially in the National League, the big names were getting signed. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, hard to believe how they just, uh, you know, got rid of all their guys, it seemed. Uh, the big names, Chris Bryant to the Giants and Anthony Rizzo to the uh, Yankees and uh, Javi Baez to the Mets and Craig Kimbrell across town to the White Sox. Of course, uh, Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez all hit home runs over the weekend, so they immediately announced their presence with their new teams. Uh, so we'll see where it all goes. Chris Sale is expected to come back. He's been throwing minor league games here in New England, whether out in Worcester, Mass., or up in Portland, Maine. So those games have been selling out, to say the least. And uh, Chris Sale coming back is going to be a huge addition if he's the Chris Sale we all know. Uh, and so that's going to bear a lot of watching, but it's shaping up to be a great, great American League East Uh race, to put it mildly. Uh, other notable events going on, NBA free agency starts in a few hours. Uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, did not pick up his option, so he's officially a free agent. Many people expect to sign with the Clippers. CP3, Chris Paul, uh, did not pick up his player option for $44 million. 
with the Phoenix Suns, but again, thinking seems to be that he will re-sign with the Suns. And then NFL training camps are underway. And uh, NFL Network's been doing a great job covering them. Uh, they were basically at every camp on Saturday. Uh, Patriots uh, training camps, they've just been packing them in. Uh, all eyes on Cam Newton and Mac Jones, needless to say. And uh, so it's going to be fun, to say the least. Uh, and it kicks off with uh, this Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, with the Steelers and Cowboys going at it in Canton, Ohio on Fox. So let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, doing great, John. Doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, as always, and... After a tumultuous week or two with Texas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma joining the SEC, being invited and accepting the invitation, uh, it looks like it's official, and it also appears that they, at this point in time, will not be joining the SEC until 2025. So, AP, it it sounds like it's setting up to be an awkward four or five years, uh, out there in Big 12 land, uh, you talk about being in limbo and lame duck status. I, I would say this is about the ultimate, right? Yeah, I think so, John. And I believe that the lawyers will get together and it won't be uh, those 
it won't be the 20, 25, 26 uh, academic year. I think it'll be before because I just think there's reason for both teams to move ahead and proceed with their plans to be in the SEC and not not stay there for the, for the next uh, four or five years. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of issues, but one that obviously comes right to mind is it appears that each school of Texas and Oklahoma would have to pay something that sounds like $76 million, uh, to right. leave uh, the Big 12 and go to the SEC. And, you know, it's not something they want to do today, but I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly that, you know, the lawyers will get involved. They'll both recognize uh, that it's just not in either best interest to just continue uh, the way it, the way it's scheduled to go, um, yeah, and, and they'll just come to a settlement is what I believe will happen. Um, if I had to guess, I would guess before next year, meaning the fall of 2022, and I'm sure the SEC would welcome them in, you know, with open arms as soon as they can get there, and uh, and you know, the Big Twelve, who's clearly being spurned here. You know, they they need to get on with their life, shall we say, and try to recruit teams to replace them, right? That's the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah, John, you know, it's quite interesting that a league that was made up of a lot of teams from the state of Texas yes, uh, uh, have had so much trouble in these last 40 years. The Southwest Conference and yep. disbanding and all that, all those violations and you know pointing fingers about recruiting, and then now the Big Twelve and then Texas and Oklahoma leaving. So when I'm when you're trying to gauge the future or project the future, I'm thinking, who is the big winners in this scenario and who might be a big loser? So when I'm you know if you don't mind, I was just going to. Uh, explain what I perceive as the big winners, big and maybe a possibly loser. And what I'm seeing and hearing from Texas is that you know they'll be able to recruit on this side of the Mississippi, the east side of the Mississippi, with regularity because of their brand. But you know Texas has had all the advantages for years, and yes. I always tell people, and I like Texas. I watch them for years. They've done the least with the most. So I don't know how this changes them. Of course, it's more money. So to them, I guess it's a, it's a win when they get more money or, the, you know, they'll be in a league where they're going to get a lot of money. So Texas, I guess, is a winner. But winning on the field, I'm not sure if that translates to victories. You, know, you have to get the right person in charge. And so far for the last um, number of coaches, it hasn't worked out for them. Uh, then you look like at a team like Arkansas, who's in the Southeastern Conference. Okay, so they primarily, when they were very good, they were able to recruit Texas. So now when they're in the state of Texas, hopefully they'll be able to get their share And because they're telling the players, well, you can compete against Texas, you can compete against Oklahoma, and you can compete in the Southeastern Conference. So maybe Arkansas benefits if they have the right person in charge and they're able to recruit the players. Then you look at Oklahoma. You say, well, there's Oklahoma City. That's not a big TV market. But with the way the world is trending, there's less TV viewers, more streaming viewers. So Oklahoma right. has an excellent brand. So that's why the SEC would welcome Oklahoma because they have an excellent brand of winning you know, a good men's basketball. They had a good women's basketball, softball, some other Olympic sports. So, um, you know, I think Oklahoma, um, I've heard from the folks in Oklahoma that they're saying we've been on the cusp of recruiting people east of the Mississippi, uh, but the SEC beats us out because they tell them they can play in that conference. So I think Oklahoma has a chance to be a winner with this merger because they're going to get somebody from Atlanta, possibly. Let's say they get somebody from Memphis. Let's say they get someone from Jackson, Mississippi, Mississippi. Uh, Maybe they come down here and get something in Alabama, for all I know. Um, but, you know, maybe they, you know, they're down in Orlando, Florida, let's say. Uh, so they're going to be able to just go over the top now with these, some, get some five-star players from, from that footprint. Uh, then you have Texas A&M. They've been trying for a long time to get ahead of Texas. They didn't win as much, you know, very much in the Big 12. Uh, right. They haven't won in the SEC. Any championships haven't they haven't I don't think they've I don't think they've made it to the championship game as of yet unless 
And I don't think they have, maybe once, but I don't think they have. So here once again is the big brother, Texas, coming into the league. And uh, so that, that's a slight loser, I think, for Texas A&M. Yes, Because they I were agree. gaining some ground in the recruiting area. But I always say to myself about University of Texas, they select players normally. So it's up to them to have a good evaluation process. Their, their issue was not um, re- recruiting. Their issue was selecting the right Texans to co- be part of their program. So, and then you look at some of these other schools. Alabama has been recruiting Texas quite heavily. Jalen Waddle, sure. uh, Chris Owens, the starting center this year, probably. They're getting all these players from Texas. Does that help Alabama? Does that hurt Alabama? I think, uh, I, I don't think it changes for Alabama. I, I think it probably stays the same. Maybe they get a player or two that was thinking about going to Texas in the Big 12, but now they're going to come to Alabama because they're going to be able to compete against Texas and Oklahoma. So maybe it gets slightly better for Alabama, if you could um, fathom that thought, John. Um, It's been tremendous for them in Texas already. So that doesn't bode well for all these other teams trying to get into Texas. You know, Alabama is still a big presence. Um, I don't know. You know, LSU has recruited there historically. Yep. Maybe they get a few more players uh, Ole Miss has gone there once in a while, got a quarterback or two, so maybe that helps them. Uh, Mississippi State, I think. So all these schools will now have an opportunity to recruit in Texas, and Texas and Texas A&M can't take all the players. So uh, maybe you get one or two players, and, and I'm, I'm naming all the schools as a potential winner, from Vanderbilt to Florida. Maybe you have a chance to get a player or two that will uh, fill your roster in a specific need in the state of Texas. Well, that's a great analysis, AP, to say the least. You really covered all the bases. I mean, my feeling is basically that, you know, that this should enhance the University of Texas recruiting uh, and Oklahoma because if they can tell all the recruits in Texas – uh, which has plenty to go around for both schools. Um, and I recognize Texas A&M is there as well. Uh, but if they can keep those recruits basically in state by simply saying, you know, now you can stay in state and still play in the SEC, I see that as a pretty powerful tool, most importantly for Texas. Yes. And then, you know, I think both Oklahoma and Texas A&M will also benefit with that exact same right. verbiage. Um, so that's right. where I see the yeah. big advantage coming. Yeah, yeah. They Like, for instance, Texas and Alabama, you have the Brockenmeyer brothers. You know, they're legacy players from the University of Texas. I think one is playing there now. The dad was a great player there, and they are at Alabama right now. So maybe Texas will be able to beat out Alabama for those types of players. But you have, they're still going to have to compete because Alabama is not going to stop recruiting players from Texas, I can guarantee you. Oh, no chance, no chance. Uh, I mean, the big edge Alabama has right now is we see every spring at the draft is, you know, if you go to Alabama, that's your quickest ticket to the NFL, period. And there's no greater lure than that. Um, but I, I think, you know, in a secondary type of fashion, uh, Alabama aside, that, you, you know, a way to position it if you're Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma is, you know, the SEC is also a pretty fast path to the NFL. And uh, yeah. so I, I think that's how they're going to position it going forward. But, yeah, they're going to have their hands right. full with Alabama, to say the least. Alabama is just a national brand. There's them and all the rest at this point in time. It's just that simple. Yeah, I mean, John, they're in the state of Ohio picking up, you know, the center they had a few years back playing for the Colts, you know, won the Remington Award, I believe, was an All-American. So, I mean, they're in the state of Ohio recruiting players. So, Texas is just another state to them. And uh, it, but if I'm, if, I, if I'm Alabama, I mean, I know uh, Nick Saban, he plays that basketball game at noontime. He's still, he's still playing the game. But right. to me, if I'm a basketball player – and I'm trying to get better. I'm thinking to myself, how can I get better? Playing against my friends that I that I'm, I I surpassed, or I want to go to the best place where I can be in the pickup game where it's the top level of talent. So, you know, so that's how I would position myself at recruiting uh, to Alabama. And I know, and I know they do. They always tell everybody you're practicing against top players, which is making you better. Consequently, you have a 
um, improved chances of entering the NFL. Um, so, but Texas has got to get to that point or all these other schools saying, all right, we're going to get the top talent. You're going to be recruiting against better players and getting you ready for the NFL, not only for the, the games during the season, but also for the NFL. So, but that it's, it's going to be some pluses and minuses for every school with yep. this merger, I think, John, but it's the overall, uh, plus that, you know, puts, you know, puts you over the top. But I think there's, some a few minuses for everybody, but there's pluses as well, and and you have to take advantage of it. And then every year you're going to have to compete. It's you're going to to be in Texas. You got to compete because now everybody's there. I mean, normally Ohio State's over there, Notre Dame and Southern Cal's in there, and UCLA, all types of teams. It's now it's all the SEC. Oh, absolutely. And just as we uh, final thought as we close our first segment out here is that you know. There's the old depth chart. By that I mean, you know, I'm sure Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, uh, but Texas to a large degree, they are the big dog out there, obviously. Uh, you know, that they will just simply say, you know, you, you go to Alabama, you may end up 56th, 7th in the depth chart, and you'll never play versus you come here. Uh, you're still playing before 100,000 plus in Austin, your uh, home, and your uh you know, you're on the field playing, and, and that's your quickest uh, path to the NFL. Yes. So, right, right. We're know. building. We're, you, could, you, could, you could still be relevant because we're, we're still building. Correct. Exactly. And, uh, you know, they're hoping to be the next Alabama, and, you know, you can be part of that. So there's no shortage ever of, you know, uh, saying the things that are going to appeal to an 18-year-old high schooler. And, uh I'm sure Texas will have their game, as will Oklahoma. You know, let's not forget Oklahoma here. You know, uh, yeah. they, they, what have they produced? Three Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, <laughs> you know, in recent years, two or three, and uh, and yeah, and they were able to get you know uh, Jalen Hurts to go out there for his final year, and then of course you know Texas A&M with Johnny Manziel, you know, winning the Heisman as well. So they've all got. You know, some pedigree, and uh, Texas speaks for itself with the, on the pedigree front, but you're right about what you said. In recent years, not so much, but they've all got, you know, the SEC. I mean, there's nothing, no no three letters more powerful than that, SEC. Stay home and play in the SEC. That's, that's pretty good. Um, so, AP, it's going to be fun to watch, I'll tell you. It's really going to be exciting. Uh, and just to loop it back to the beginning, it'll just be interesting to see if I, I just don't see Alabama, Oklahoma playing in the Big 12 for the next five, four or five years at all. I, right. I will reiterate what I said. I think they'll be playing in the SEC uh, a year from now, period. Yeah, I think sooner than later. <laughs> sooner than later. Yes, exactly. Way P. Uh, as always, our segments go quickly, and why don't we uh, take our break here, and I know you'll be sticking around uh, for the next couple segments, but uh, yeah, still a lot more ground to cover, and we'll do that on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. 
From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show. The call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., uh, we talked Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC in the previous segment. It's official, right now scheduled for... 2025, you and I both tend to agree that it will probably happen sooner. But that's not the only football going on, AP. Uh, NFL teams are in their camps, training camps. And AP, we have breaking news. We love breaking news that occurs during the show. And just come out in the past few minutes that Carson Wentz is having surgery on his foot. He will miss 5 to 12 weeks. And obviously... uh, the Colts and Frank Reich, their coach, who was the who coached him in Philly as the offensive coordinator, uh, basically moved mountains, shall we say, to uh, to get, to get Carson Wentz out there, and right. you know, clearly it was time to leave Philadelphia for Wentz. And uh, so, but this, this is a real blow, to say the least. Obviously, he's earning a new, learning a new offense. Out there, although he probably has some knowledge given his history with Frank Reich, but nonetheless, big blow. Indianapolis has been, uh, you know, a playoff team. Uh, certainly last year, and uh, you know, a team on the rise to be sure. And obviously, out there in uh, Indiana, they were hoping that Wentz would be returned to his former self, which was MVP level before he hurt his knee out in LA in that fateful October. November time, a couple of years back, it was just never the same in Philly. And, you know, India, Indianapolis, the Colts were expecting him and hoping he would return to that form. But now, at best, it's been delayed. Yeah, John, I mean, five to 12 weeks. So that's anywhere from uh, September to the end of October, I guess, approximately. Correct. So they're going to have to hang on. Uh, with the replacement until that time. It, it, uh, we've seen it done before, but uh, that's a tough task. And It is. It's, it's, de- de- it's deflating today. It's deflating today, John, but you never can tell what happens when uh, a person is in, inserted into a uh, situation where they have to perform. Sometimes they rise to the occasion. Correct. Very, very much so. And it's interesting that one of the uh, new quarterbacks – at Indianapolis is uh, Sam Ellinger of Texas, who we were talking about right. obviously in the first segment, and yes. you know that guy's a winner. Yeah, I mean for the most part, I mean he he's you know uh, he's gritty and uh, right. j- just always enjoyed watching him play out of Texas. Have to think he's you know kind of a good guy to have on your team. 
Um, and he's on the team. I don't, you know, there's uh, one, if not two, ahead of him, still in the quarterback room, not named Wentz. Um, so we shall see. But uh, who knows? Maybe this will be a, be a opportunity for Sam Ellinger to uh, to get in there. The way things can go often in the NFL, so it's going to be interesting to watch AP. Uh, you know, and but it's a big blow. But that's NFL. That's NFL training camps. This type of you know this time of year, it just happens to everybody. And speaking of which, camps we actually have a game this week. It's a uh, wonderful to be able to say that preseason game. It kicks off as <laughs> always in Canton. It's a good one. It's uh, Dallas Cowboys versus Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, that's about as good as it gets for getting eyeballs to the screen for a preseason game. And AP, it's uh, something I know of great interest to you, the debut of Najee Harris, late of Alabama. Yeah, he went to the perfect team, John. The Pittsburgh Steelers really value the running back position. He's a big back, and we saw how how well he's done receiving uh, the football. So, yeah, I can't wait to watch Najee Harris uh, perform for Pittsburgh because he'll be featured, I'm sure, quite heavily in their offense. And like I said, Najee, people didn't realize that he can catch the football so well. I mean, in high school, they put him out in the slot many times, and um, so, you know, he's, he's not the fastest bag, but he's big, he can cut, he's athletic, uh, and he just, he's a very good teammate. And I think the Pittsburgh fans, he's going to be a favorite very quickly. Couldn't agree more, AP. Uh, the Steelers are in desperate need of a running game by the end of the season after starting 11 and 0, uh, feeble would be the kindest word you could use, non-existent. Uh, would also apply here, <laughs> right. and you know, uh, what you just described, AP. We all know his unique running skills, uh, his famous signature moment in college, the hurdle uh, this past year, and uh, and AP. If he can catch, uh, which he can, obviously, uh, he could be Ben Roethlisberger's be- new best friend because. Ben, uh, as we know, is uh, you know had a uh, you know a good year. They didn't get to be eleven and zero by accident. In the same light, they were oh five and one, I think, or yeah, one five, one and five to close out the year, and just got shellacked, embarrassed by the Cleveland right. Browns in the playoffs. And uh, I mean, when has a team ever turned? so quickly from good to bad than the Steelers. So exactly what Ben needs, you know, they were throwing the ball 60 times a game last year because of, they had no running game. James Conner was hurt. And if if Najee, we know he can run, obviously he can catch passes. He he could just be, you know, the, the perfect uh, complement to what has now become Ben Roethlisberger's game, which would be throwing out on the flat to a guy, uh, <laughs> seeing him one-on-one on the flat would be a scary proposition if you're a defensive back, that's for sure. <laughs> and, uh, so it's very exciting. So it's not only the perfect team, AP, it's like the perfect situation occurring at the uh, with, with the perfect team because Ben yes. is just going to need to you know use his running uh, up the gut as well as his catching passes uh, out in the flat. You, you know, that's just what... Ben needs, given his age, the elbow surgery, that type of thing, a couple years ago. So it's going to be fun. I can't wait. We're going to get an actual peak on Thursday night, which is, I can't wait for that either. Yeah, I think, you know, if they use Najee wisely, you know, John, a running back only can take so many hits. I think if he could average, you know, these first three, four years, somewhere along the lines of 20 touches, uh, you know, 15 carries, 17 carries, three or four or five catches a game. I think that's the most effective way to keep Najee Harris uh, as a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers for an extended uh, for an extended time. Right. Well, James Conner's gone. He uh, left the Steelers for another team. 
We have uh, Benny Snell, who we remember well from Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right, Kentucky, right. He was a good running yeah, back so, for Kentucky, sure. Yeah, he's a good player, but he just could not carry the load last year no, you know, towards no, the end of yeah. the season. He just no, no. too much too soon, and that's no reflection no, no, on that, him. I think a fine running back for sure. Yeah, that would be a good combination, a good, a good duo uh, to Correct. alternate them. I, I think that's perfect. Because in this day and age, uh, those they take so many hits, and these guys are so big and powerful, and hit you. And there's there's speed involved with the, the the blow to the body. So I, I just don't see like it was years ago. Somebody's carrying it 25 times a game. That you'll have a short-lived career. Oh yeah, well, see Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, right, R- right up the road from Pittsburgh and <laughs> Cleveland. I mean, that is right. Y- y- that's just the way it has to be done these days. Uh, it's so punishing that you just can't have, again, what you said, that the 25 carry a game guy uh, just worn out uh, by the end of the game and, frankly, often by midseason, and that's that. Um, well, AP, hard to believe we've quickly gotten to the end of this segment as well. So why don't we take our final break? I know you're sticking around on the line, and we still have a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It, it, it's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio. Featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain, brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to the fourth and final segment of all around sports i'm your host john inglesby and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is indeed what we were just talking about at the end of the previous segment, Cowboys Steelers from Canton this Thursday at 8 p.m. on Fox. Uh, and also, of course, day in, day out, night in, night out, the Olympics over in Tokyo and always worth watching. And AP, are you 
watching some of the Olympics. Haven't had a chance to touch on them yeah. yet today. Yeah, yes, I've been enjoying some of that, John. Uh, particularly last night, I was watching the hundred meter dash where the Italian uh, sprinter won. And I don't know if that's ever happened. He might be the first Italian to win the hundred meters, and I think he was Amer- he's American by birth, but his mother's Italian, so he probably has dual citizenship. But that was right. interesting to watch. And then the moment that I really enjoyed was the high jump because. The Italian high jumper and the I think it's Qatar is the other country. They both had jumped to two point three seven meters, which is John, if you can believe this, seven feet nine inches and something. Wow! And they tied, and so they and they discussed it with the judge. And I think the the jumper, the high jumper from Qatar, said, "Can we both win the gold?" And he said, "Yes." So he said, "My friend, how how's that?" Or something to that effect. And so they both walked away with a gold medal. I thought that was one of the and I've been watching the Olympics a long time. That was one right. of the better moments I think I ever saw. Yeah, I was just going to say, AP, that's not something you see every day, and I don't know that I've ever seen it before like no. you. Um, you know, you all, that's one of the best things about the Olympics. You very often, always, get some type of uh, just sportsmanship uh, at, a, yes. that's at an exceptional level occurs in the Olympics. You're in, you're out, whatever it may be. Um, and this is, appears to be this year's classic example of that. Yeah, I think so, John. And the one that I recall from, I think it was 1960, Rafer Johnson and his teammate was from Taiwan, and they were in the decathlete competition, and the last event was the mile, I believe, as always, and he just uh, had to stay close by his friend uh, to win the event, and he did. And, and, of course, they hugged at the end. So that I always remember that, too two teammates from UCLA competing against each other, the United States and Taiwan. Sure. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the wonderful thing about the Olympics. Um, you know, and I talked about uh, the golf, Xander Shoffley winning the gold medal uh, yesterday. And that was, you know, some great theater coming down the stretch, the last couple holes as he as Hideki Matsuyama, Masters winner from Japan. Uh, his putting deserted him at the most critical moments on the last couple of holes, and he was unable to even medal, which is a big disappointment over there. But AP, we're into the you know some really good stuff now with the track and field, just as you kind of mentioned. I always, uh, you know... W- Gymnastics is always huge, especially women's gymnastics, but there's also something, although it's a little different without fans in the stands, but, you know, the track and field is always, it's kind of still what I think of when I think of the Summer Olympics. It really is. Uh, Yes, yes. And, you know, Usain Bolt, things like that, and, you know, uh, household names will be emerging in the next few days. I guess that's the best way to say it world's fastest human, that type of stuff. Yeah, and then a lot of times it culminates in the the relay at the end, which country can win the relays, men and women. I was going to watch that event, those those events. Absolutely. No, they're great. I mean, the amount of events occurring is, you know, is dizzying. It really is. Uh, You know, I just was... Tuned in, I'll switch back over, you know, equestrian, beach volleyball, water polo. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, a lot of water polo. Yeah, so, I mean, this is just, you know, what's up in the next couple of hours on NBC. And, uh, you know, and big news of the day is, uh, you know, where the U.S. women's national soccer team lost to Canada. Shocker. And, uh, yeah. and you know, you just don't expect them to lose an international competition, period. They are uh, they're the, the no. juggernaut of the past couple decades. So, uh, so they're not going to win a gold medal this year. We now know that for sure. Um, so the, that, that was interesting news, to say the least, and uh, quite surprising. Yeah, John, and I think the, the Olympics for me, in the winter and the, the summer Olympics, some uh, uh, events uh, the United States was dominating through the years and yep. other events they had to catch up. So at this point, 2021, 
sports where uh, the United States would dominate, they're, maybe they're losing now or not receiving the gold medal. And then other sports where they were behind, they're, they're catching up. So that, that's the fascination with the Olympics that I have when I'm viewing all the different events. You know, is, is United States one of the top teams? They can continue to dominate, or is there some other country that that's, uh, you know, wins the gold medal instead of the United States? And then other other situations where the United States was not very good in a sport, and then all of a sudden an individual emerges or the, a team emerges from the United States. So that's fun to watch. Very fun to watch. Absolutely. It's great, to say the least. Uh, the other piece of big news was Simone Biles. Uh, the iconic U.S. women's gymnast announced she will participate in the final exercise for a potential gold medal. Uh, the vault, I believe, is the last one that she's going to participate in after, uh, you know, passing on the past four after, uh, you know, she didn't participate, as we all know, back in the... Uh, team competition and uh so that 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 is going to draw a lot of eyeballs no doubt about that to see what she can do in the vault and uh so yeah that's going to be uh, uh a big win for nbc i think everybody's tuning into that one. Oh yeah there was the, the uh, dramatic situation where that occurred um during this olympics and now she's chooses to participate so that that couldn't have worked out any more perfect for NBC. Correct. No doubt about it. Way P, on that note, we have come to the end of the show. I want to thank you, as always, for calling in uh, and uh, giving us your expertise, especially on all things SEC, Texas, Oklahoma, and whatnot, and uh, the uh, one of the big stories in college football, frankly, in recent years, uh, off the field, shall we say, and uh, as always, we appreciate having you on. Thank you very much, John. It's always my pleasure. Thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.